This is the Non-Typical Nation podcast with your hosts, Brody Teal and Eric Liberty. Let's talk hunting and absolutely everything else that goes with it. All right, guys, it's May the 5th, and if you're hearing a little bit of extra noise today, we are headed out to the bear bait to take our first sit this spring. Yes, we are, and as promised... We said we were going to do a podcast, and here we are. We've got about 40 minutes of driving, half hour of driving. Um, we've got the, the mic set up in here, and, uh, and yeah, we're going to do a quick podcast, and uh, we are jacked right up. I just flung a few arrows with the APA, and it's shooting straight, shooting hard, and... Uh, feeling lethal. Feeling lethal, man. That's right. So you, uh, you and Katie snuck out to the baits yesterday. And why don't you uh, tell everyone how they looked and give them an update on things? Yeah, so we've been planning to hunt today, this afternoon, this evening. We've had it planned for about a week's time. So we talked about just going the day before we're going to hunt any bait. We're going to just really try to get out there the evening before and top it right up. Um, every bait we're trying to be at regularly anyway, every couple days or a couple times a week. Um, but when we're going to actually go hunt the bait, I really like to fill them up the day right before the day that we're going to go sit just so that you know what's going on, what kind of bears are there. You know, if you need to fix your blind or hang an extra beaver, or fix a camera, whatever you can do it then. And so when we went in there last night, we checked two of our three baits and both had been hit really hard um, for this time of year. The, the bears have starting to, started to feed and uh, really are working on emptying those barrels now each time we fill them up. So uh, yeah, it's it's time to start sitting. Yeah, and that's, but that is one thing, like you had mentioned, we're trying to get to the baits every couple days or at least twice a week. This time of year, um, it isn't totally necessary to go every second day, unless you know for sure the bears are emptying that barrel because as we mentioned in the last podcast, they're starting, you know, some of these bears have been out now for a couple weeks and their stomachs are still adjusting to, uh, you know, intaking a whole bunch of food. But it's only a matter of time now, like a week, 10 days, that you're going to start to have bears there sitting all day long. So what we've done typically the last couple of weeks is we've been went to the baits twice a week, and that has been fine. Um, so far, the baits haven't been emptied right out. There's still been some bait at the bait. Um, so that's telling us that we are going... Um, you know, we're giving it the right distance between filling it up. We're basically timing it perfectly. Timing it perfectly. Because, yeah, the, the last couple times we've gone, the last two times they've been hit, they've been at least half, if not, you know, just a third left yeah. of bait. So that gives us basically a, an opportunity to refill it completely. Exactly. So we filled it up on Thursday, these two baits, and um, filled them right up. And then you went again yesterday. Um, so that gave them four days, five days. Um, and they were almost empty. Yep, and the beavers that we hung, or the otter that, in this instance, the otter that we hung um, is gone, so I, I set up another beaver hang, and then we brought one with us today. But that's going to be, like, that's going to limit our extent of baiting today, is we're just going to string up a beaver and then sit. We want to do as little messing around as possible the day we're actually going to sit. Yeah, because, like I said, this early on, um, they aren't going to empty a barrel overnight. But come mid-May... That's not uncommon to see. Yeah, that's right. They'll actually start fighting over it. They'll start fighting they'll over it. Start fighting over a piece of dog food or, a, or one single oat. So as we get later on in the season, we might start bringing bait out the day we're baiting if we see that those barrels are being emptied on a daily or even every second day emptied right out. 
Um, but we are running two barrels at every single bait, right? So that's a 55-gallon drum filled right to the top with oats or buns and then some meat hanging on the tree. And I should mention, we got a few messages from guys saying that we aren't supposed to hang unskinned otters. Um, that otter, it was skinned. <laughs> yes, it was. We just, I, I uh, didn't feel like carrying it over my shoulder, so I drug it. And uh, it was covered in leaves and dirt and mud and all kinds of stuff. But yes, it, it was. If yeah. you go back and look at the video, it's headless and it is skinless. That's sort of the benefit we have at the taxidermy shop is we get to take uh, all the oddball carcasses and use them for bait. So uh, we brought that guy and that was a giant, giant otter. It was huge. It was the size of a, a big beaver other than, you know, the fatness of a beaver. Um, but it looked like it was a mean sucker, that one there. But yeah, anyway, so we got it hung in the tree. That was gone right quick. Got a beaver out yesterday, and we're hauling one out today, and that should keep those bears around. So, that's just it. Yep. And right now, this early, you know, we're looking at we're we're not even through the first week of May yet. Um, so usually, like if guys are if, if you got to travel or if you're really wanting to target a certain bear, I like to tell people mid May is when they're really gonna be hitting them hard. You know, they're gonna start fighting over the baits. They're really gonna start feeding at the baits, and the bigger bears are gonna dominate your bait over your smaller younger bears and the sows but this early on you you know there's still an opportunity that you're going to get the big daddy come through and that's why you want to play it a little bit more stealthy play it a little bit more careful and uh just just leave less of a footprint early on yeah exactly um and yeah so this early on you know we see one or two bears come through in a couple days um and, you know, that might just be that great big bear. It might be a smaller bear. But, yeah, as you mentioned later on the season, that's when you have multiple bears coming in, fighting over it. Bears, you know, bedding down 30 yards outside of the bait, waiting for the next one to go by. And who knows? Something like that might even happen tonight, you know. And what's super exciting about tonight is if you have, um, you know, followed our, our pod, this podcast or even our Instagram and Facebook stories, you would have seen that we are hunting the bears from the ground this year. So we are 15 yards away from that bait in a ground blind that we brushed in. Um, and all it is is burlap wrapped around four trees and then we brushed in a bunch of deadfall. And uh, yeah, we're gonna be right eye to eye with those bears. It's gonna be something else. Yeah, we're, uh, we're on a level playing field this, this year, this yeah. spring. Usually we're, you know, 10, 12, even some of our stands are getting close to 30 feet up in the air, um, right over top of the barrels. And, and you know, you feel pretty safe you get those windy days or the rain and you start worrying a little bit trust in your tree but other than that you feel pretty safe at the bait i think uh i think once we get in there and sit down and realize that <laughs> there's a thin layer of burlap between us it's gonna it's gonna be a lot of a lot of excitement it is yeah and i was actually thinking today like when we're in a tree stand and that bear comes to the bottom of the tree stand, your heart's pumping pretty good. But you know that bear's still got to climb up the tree and you sort of have the advantage because you're above him, you've got a gun or you've got something pointed down at him. But at this ground blind, that bear, when he walks, if he walks right up to our ground blind and is three feet away from our fucking breath, that's gonna be, uh, that's gonna be an experience that I don't even know how to describe because I've never even you know experienced anything even close to that. So. Um, I'm excited. Eric's got uh, got a, a firearm, so we are carrying a gun. And as yeah. far as as far as we know, at this point in time, it is still legal. Um, that particular this particular firearm doesn't fall into the other oh, yeah. massive list of hunting firearms that are somehow lumped into the 
you know, the assault rifle that idiot out category. West, uh, yeah, banned. So yeah, we're gonna get into that. A few guys have messaged us asking if we uh, if we're gonna chat about the the major gun ban and and whatever else is going on right now in Canada. Um, we'll probably chat about it on the next podcast. We just want to get our facts straight and uh, you know get a little more knowledge before we start spewing it out to you guys. So yeah, and it seems like this this is really still developing where you know the people that are wanting to fight back haven't even had the opportunity yet. So I, I think we uh, we just gotta let it let it unfold a little bit more and like you said, get our facts straight and then we we will definitely be discussing it because it affects us. Yeah, you know, just as much as as it does the next guy. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, so yeah, first hit of the year, you know, we've sort of discussed if, if a shooter bear comes in, am I going to release an arrow? What are we going to do? Well, at the end of the day, it's it all boils down to how we're feeling in that moment. If the time's right. If the time's right, you know, and, and uh, don't threaten me with a good time because if someone tells me to shoot an arrow or pull a trigger, I'm freaking doing it. <laughs> we've got two, two bear tags here in Alberta. There's lots of bears. And, um, and yeah, you know, if, if that opportunity arises and if we, we experience what we want to experience and get what we want to get out of this, well, uh, there won't be much holding me back. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's go time, man. We've been talking about it for a long time. We've been building this up for months, weeks, weeks and months. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's actually, we were talking today just as we were leaving the shop, it's hot out today. And it, it was hot out yesterday when we were filling baits, and, you know, it just seems seems like overnight. It's just sort of, it's go time now. Yeah, well, the trucks are eating 22 degrees right now, so, uh, yeah, she's warm. She's warm. That beaver's going to start stinking from last night if it's not already gone, and, uh, and yeah, I should bring them in, so. We, uh, we brought our thermocells today because... You know, anybody that knows from northern Alberta knows that the mosquitoes are out before the bears are, usually, and uh, they're in they're full fledged right now. They're slapping, slapping mosquitoes more than more than anything else at this point. Yeah, I noticed last time when we went out on Thursday there, they were pretty bad at the bait site. Yeah, last night when we were out at actually the bait we're heading to, they are the worst. Oh really? So far, yours usually yours is pretty bad too, but they weren't that bad at yours last night. Oh, okay. Right on, right on. So is. yeah, the two baits are rocking right now. They're they're doing good. There's bears there, you know, pretty well consistently. But we still we still have that one bait, um, bait number two, that we have a cellular camera at. It's been sending us pictures nonstop every day. Um, the geocam 4G there, but nothing nothing but ravens. Um, we've got the one ghost bear on there that uh, I've actually got to post up on our Instagram story. And then we've also got one bear that showed up right around 11 o'clock one night, and he just didn't stick around. So we aren't too sure what's going on there. Um, you know, the baits are filled right up. We've got, uh, you know, a little bit of meat scraps. We've got a bunch of our, our secret ingredient, our fryer grease. Um, but uh, that bait sort of, it's sort of slow right now. It's dead slow, but uh, it's not uncommon for that one. Yeah, that's pretty they... standard for that one. I don't know what it is. Um, we I experimented it, or I experimented with it quite a few times. Uh, the first two years, I baited that I used fish, I used meat, I used all kinds of stuff that stuff that I wouldn't use now, or uh, you know, trying to avoid nowadays. But I don't know. You know, that was five or six years ago. Now I don't know if that has anything to do with it, or if it's just in a location that's sort of just. 
you know, it sort of seems like it's in a location that's kind of between things. Yeah. Where, you know, it's not quite far back in the bush where you're going to get bears just coming out of the woodwork, but it, it's also close enough to the highway where, you know, it you, you can hear the trucks all the time. You can hear the equipment and working. And, and, and there was a lot of work there this winter. Yeah. So I don't know if that maybe has something to do with it. But, uh, yeah, we got two other ones that are just rocking. So yeah. the third one's just a bonus. We get to keep an eye on with the cellular camera. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. know those cellular cameras are handy. Unfortunately, we were hoping to run them at all three, but it turns out uh, bait number one and bait number three we don't have uh, service at. So we've just got it going at bait number two, and that's the one that's not doing much. Um, but, uh yeah, you know, it is what it is. We're filling these baits up enough every few days uh, that uh, it's easy enough to check the cameras. So, But hopefully we've got some uh, got some exciting photos for tonight or some video or something, a sneak peek we can post up when we uh, publish this podcast tomorrow. Yes, yeah, hopefully I, I reset some cameras yesterday, so hopefully we got some, some real up-to-date even photos. even ground blind photos. We'll definitely have some of them. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. So yeah, I'm curious, guys. Who's uh, who's already bear hunting this year? I know a few guys in my Facebook timeline. They've gotten out. A couple of guys have gotten bears, but uh, I'm curious if uh, if you've managed to get out, or if you have a you know the perfect time that you usually go each year, or what your plans are for the spring season. We love uh, you know hearing what everyone else is doing. So, but we're super fortunate. We literally got to. We can step out our door and there's bears <laughs> running around in town and Quite just literally. outside of town and all over the place, right? So we're pretty lucky with where we are at. Um, now we can't bait right ar- the zones around town. We got to head north about uh, minimum a half hour, forty minutes to some of the northern zones, and uh, and all of our baits are right around that forty-five minute hour, right around there, away from uh, from town, but. Uh, but yeah, no, it's uh, should be a good season. Should be a good season, and this is the very start of it. So, that's right. First sit, and uh, yeah, we already got bears at the bait. Usually, usually I'm sitting, you know, early on. Usually I'm sitting, sort of hoping I'm gonna get the first bear to come in. Um, but you know, we've waited. We've waited this year. We've sort of had to wait. We've been forced to wait because of the snow and the weather. And uh, yeah, now it's just go time. I'm getting pumped to sit, see some bears. I haven't even seen a bear yet this spring. Yeah, I don't, I haven't either had an actual visual on a bear. Um, by this time last year, we had multiple bears on the ground. We have seen, had seen grizzly bears, we had seen black bears, um, and, uh, and we haven't seen a single one other than our trail camera photos. But, um, but you know, that's just the way 2020 has been going. It hasn't been like any other year in any other way. So, um, so yeah, just got to roll with the punches and work with what you got. That's right. Yeah, just roll with the punches. What, what more can you say about <laughs> yeah. this year, right? We're only not even halfway through this year, and it's just been a shit show for everybody. And now they've just released that there's uh, murdering Asian fucking wasps that uh, have encroached on Canada. Murder wasps. <laughs> murder wasps. Asian murder wasps that are the size of, I don't even know. What do they say? They're like they, five centimeters long or yeah, something Yeah, they they, they, uh, they're big. Like they're really big. big. Yeah. And big enough to cause one sting is big enough. Their venom is strong enough with one sting to cause renal failure. That's insane. And where are they from? Asia. Asia. Probably created by the Chinese government. That's what you're thinking? (laughs) If the fucking coronavirus won't kill them, these wasps will. So we got the Kung Flu. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then we got some Asian murder wasps. That's right. Uh, I think uh, West needs some strategy here. We're going to start pushing back. Yeah, We're going to send no some like doubt, man. artillery moose or something over there. Yeah. Yeah, we got to do something. Something. That's crazy, murder wasps. Yeah, they're saying that they're a real concern. They've, I think they found them in BC now. Yeah, they're a few places across Vancouver. BC. Um, they're a real concern for the honeybee populations. Oh yes, that I attack, read that. They directly attack European bees, and uh, the article I was reading today uh, said something along the lines of, and forgive me if I get this wrong, but the Asian honeybee. Um, or wherever that particular bee originated has a defense mechanism that they, they actually group up and target these wasps and they completely surround the body of the wasp and then start vibrating to cook the wasp, the internal ball of these bees. <laughs> they cook them to like a precise 41.7 degrees Celsius or something, wow. which is just enough heat to cook the wasp internally and not injure any of the bees. But the European honeybee does not have any such mechanism. So if they do come all the way across, you know, even Western Canada, um, they can definitely devastate quite the, you know, a population that we already have so so many issues with, the honeybees. Yeah, that's insane, man. That's Jesus just Christ. One more thing that we got to deal with 2020. Just throw her on, throw her on top. So we've got, what, 16 more, 15 more kilometers to go here. And then we are uh, getting to the bear hunting hotspot. We are a little later than planned. Yeah, we're about, later we're about planned, an hour behind what we planned to be. But, you know, typical. we're, it's a, yeah, that's exactly right. We're right on time if, <laughs> if you know us. But, uh, you know, it's, it's 4.30. We'll, we will be in the stand by 5, probably right around 5 o'clock. So that's good because that's still going to give us four and a half hours or so to sit and you know until you get into usually bears they start messing around when the when the heat of the day starts to go away now this early on it's different just like everything else with bear baiting it's a little bit different they like the warm temperature a little bit more earlier in the year and it is hot for this time of year so uh yeah there's only one way to find out and we just got to get our ass in the stand yeah well we noticed our third bait there the bear bears that we had on that camera were coming in right around eight o'clock at night which is pretty normal yeah that's pretty much what i would call hot hour prime time about an hour and a half before sundown that's yeah and it's it's right when you feel that temperature really drop right off if you're sitting out there you know it's when the mosquitoes really start to show up the wind calms down it's kind of all these things happen at once and that seems to be when everything starts moving yeah yeah so we got our camo on at the shop are we using do you have any uh, cover scent you're using, or I didn't bring those on because I think we sort of discussed that we weren't going to run any any cover. No, uh, the cover scent that I am using today, highly recommended. Uh, I skinned a bear <laughs> about three hours ago, and I've been working on it for a majority of my day. So I smell just like fresh black bear. I, I was actually thinking of that earlier today. I'm like, Eric's going to be skinning a bear, and we're going to get in the bear stand, and he's going to smell like a bear. I don't know if that's good or bad. Could be, could be bad, you know, because, I, well, I don't smell like a big old boar. I smell like a sow. Oh, a sow, that's right. Holy you shit. Know, if yeah. it was June in the rut, I might start be getting worried. One yeah. might try and sneak up and sniff my neck. But uh, early on, I think 
think we'll be okay. Maybe we'll just bring them in thinking there's yeah. a sexy sow there or something. There we go. Right on, right on. Yeah, temperature still she's right around that 20, 21 degrees. So she, uh, you know, we might have bears in there early on. We'll just have to wait and see here. So uh, how close are you going to let one get? Um, you know, it all, you've got to have that gun loaded. If oh, that bear's coming towards us, right? So, uh, man, I've never experienced anything like <laughs> this. Now we've had bears at the bottom of the tree stand and I've had bears, you know, I've watched them sniff my GoPro or stuff like that. And they just, they're curious about things. They aren't really looking for destruction unless there's something that they really don't like. Yeah. Um, so we just gotta, we just gotta, you know, make a decision off the energy of the particular bear, you know? Yep, you gotta read the moment and that's, uh, that's, like that's how most hunting goes too, especially in a stand, right? Yeah. If it, it might not be the target animal, the specific animal you were targeting, but when the moment's right, and everything falls into place, and you just get that feeling where, yeah, it's the time to pull the trigger. Um, yeah, that's usually how my hunts go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, if, if there's a... Yeah. yeah. I don't even know what to say, because I've never, I've never experienced anything like this. And it is 100% possible that we could have a bear literally, you know, a yard, two yards away from us. And then so... What do we do in that point? Do we, obviously, I would say there's a deer. I would say, let's just stay still, right? Obviously not move. Or do you sort of shoo it away? I guess we find out. Yeah, we're just going to have to find out. 50-50 chance we make the wrong choice. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we're armed. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we got a bow, you know, that's we're planning to just be hunting with there's a bear right there oh there's a bear too. there's a bear laying right. i thought that was a garbage bag no there's a bear it definitely was a bear a little bear laying on the right on right guys on, right well we just seen tree. our first bear of the year probably about a 200 pounder not too big not not small either it looked like it was well furred yeah real well munching on some grass in the ditch it's about a kilometer two kilometers from our bait that is a good sign, my friend. That is a good sign. Is this our turnoff right up here? Uh, Next. We'll go right, yeah. and then we'll go left, and then our turnoff. Well, that is a good sign. Great, great, great. Yeah, that... Uh, that doesn't get uh, the old heart going. Yeah. I don't know what does. Pretty exciting there. We just seen our first bear. I was just going to say, you know, there is there is a chance we might not even see a bear tonight. You know, and, I, and I'm totally... You know, we know that, right? Like I've, I think on the last podcast I mentioned, I've probably spent 13, 15 days in the bear stand and 30, 40% of those bears, I haven't had a bear come in or I've had a bear come in and he's just ran off, right? So, um, so we know how it goes. We know how hunting is. You can't predict a single thing. Now bears are a little more predictable than other species, but, um, but yeah, you still, you can't, uh, you know, there's no script and you just got to uh, roll with what you got. And yeah, we, we might not see a single thing, but. Uh, we just saw one though, so I'm, that made my one, day. So that's I finally, a good sign. I finally, uh, now, I'm, now I'm thinking I'm seeing bears everywhere. <laughs> I'm finally, 
you know, we finally just seen one, and I don't yeah. even know what to say. It felt like it just didn't even see one. No, that's good. I was going to pull over and go film that thing, but I want to get to the bait stand too bad. That's good. That's good. Right so this particular bait, um, you had a few different bears that were sort of regulars year after year, eh? Yeah, I've had a steady three um, that have been here for four years. If we have pictures of them this year, this will be the fifth year. And uh, I've got I've got a really cool uh, dark cinnamon, almost like a red color, that I've targeted for the last two years, and I just haven't been able to uh, see him anytime I'm sitting in the stand. Yeah. Um, and then there's a big there's a bigger black one that's got a significant white diamond on his chest, and then and and then there's a bigger black one that's sort of been around the last two years, three years maybe. Um, but I've really kept my eye on the the two color phase ones, obviously, just a little bit easier to keep an eye on too. Um, but they do seem to be coming back every single year. So it'll be big this year. That's right, and All we know, them. yeah, the bigger the better, the longer we wait, the better. And uh, yeah, I'm not going to be upset if you shoot shoot one. I'm, yeah. I'll be very happy to see it, get, you know, be harvested and actually watch it happen. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, that's good, man. We've seen our first bear. There we go. And look at all the green grass, too. Eh? It's yeah, I was going to say, it really is starting to green up, finally. Yeah. yeah, it is. Every black thing I see now, I think, is a bear. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So have you ever had any grizzly bears out this way? I still have not had any pictures on my any bear bait camera of a grizzly. I know that's you have good. a the last couple years you've had grizzlies yeah. at your bait yeah um, they seem to show up later on in the season and uh what it seems like is they're passing through looking for sows so you know once bears go into rut they're like deer they just cover ground and find hot sows and breed them or find cubs and kill the cubs and then rebreed the sows and so what we'll notice is these bears will come through um later on in the season looking for sows and they'll stop by the bait for a day and then they'll just carry on they won't keep coming back yeah you haven't really had you've had photos of them i think the last two springs but not they never hung around no. right they just sort of came in got a few photos and then left no they never did um and that could change any time right like if they well you know they were there late last year late in the season so early june um, and I don't bait in the fall. So uh, so if you're baiting in the fall, then those bears know once they come out of the dens to get back to that bait. But if you don't bait in the fall, you're taking a bit of a risk because those bears are going to get out of the bait and they're going to go to the last bait they were at in the fall. Um, but now a lot of guys don't bait in the fall. So some bears have the same spring routine where they hit the same, same baits every spring. Um, but yeah, no, we, I've been very fortunate with grizzly bears that they haven't stuck around. And that is something we don't want. Um, you know, if I do see a grizzly bear on the camera, it's not going to be a positive for myself. I don't know about you. Yeah, no, it's not really a good thing for your bear bait. It's just like having, well, it's probably worse than having a sow and cubs, black, black sow and cubs hanging out at your bait. Because the same sort of thing happens where they take control. Where should I park here? Uh, I don't know. It's Looks up to like you. someone's been pulling in there, eh? Or no? No, not yet. No, not yet. Well, let's just park right here. Okay, guys. Well, we are here. We are going to waste no time, get our butts in the stand, 
And um, you will hear this podcast on Wednesday. And hopefully we'll have some updates on our Facebook and Instagram from today's hunt as well, guys. Awesome. Wish us luck. Thank you so much. Okay, wait. We're back. We are back. Do not shut this podcast off, guys. So yesterday, we headed out onto our first sit at the Black Bear Bait. And that began this podcast. But we are recording now the next day on... What is it today? Wednesday the 6th. And um, we had quite an eventful night last night, guys. Um, So this podcast, the beginning, obviously, you listened to that. The last half hour, that was us getting to the bait site. And now this is the next day. We're going to recap that hunt. And oh boy, did we have an an eventful evening. It was super eventful and lucky. I mean, just on the first sit to have what happened to us was... was, uh, you know, one in a million. Yeah, it. Uh, if I would have wrote this out in a script, someone would just crumple it up and throw it away because this sounds too good to be true. Um, we had a target bear. We discussed it on this podcast with you guys. Eric mentioned there might be a, a color phase bear that comes through. There might be a black one with a white patch on it. Um, and, you know, if one of those came through, I'm going to be very tempted to release an arrow. And, well, believe it or not, within an hour and a half, the color phase bear came into the bait site. Yeah, he come wandering in right, right where I told Brody I, w- I would imagine the bears are going to come in from. Um, we saw him right away. We were worried because this is the first time we sat actually sat in the ground blind, and we were a little worried that because we were we weren't quite at bears eye level, we were a little bit up that we wouldn't be able to see them until they were in that thirty yard circle of our bait site. And uh, sure enough, though. I saw the I saw the the gold shoulder moving and the head and the ears about forty five yards away in the back and we had plenty of time to sort of perk up and get ready and get everything turned on and yeah it worked out real well so Eric spotted the bear pointed it out and yeah the bear came on in um, he went to the bait and he munched on some bread but then he went right below the beaver grabbed a spare beaver foot that was on the ground and he left and. Um, I told Eric, you know, I'm not too sure if I'm going to take it. This is the first day. And then I was thinking, and I told him, you know, if this bear came through on any other day of the year, whether I was bear hunting for for black bear spot and stock or sitting at a bait on day five or hunting elk or moose or deer, if this bear gave me an opportunity, I would take it. So why am I not taking it? I said, if this bear is coming in again, let's give him some time. Let's get the perfect shot. And uh, let's not rush it because this is the first day. But if he gives us that perfect opportunity, I'm going to take it. So sure enough, you know, what was it? Five, ten minutes? Yeah, he, all he did was he just picked up a, a foot and he just, he, you know what he did? When he sort of came in, um, I snapped a photo of him. And then I think we clicked the camera on or we one of us moved and he sort of looked at us. But he couldn't really see us. Our blind is really well brushed in. And... He just kind of looked through us in our direction. And then he just kind of grabbed a foot and sort of sauntered away and did a circle. And yeah, he was only gone three or five minutes. Yeah. And then he sort of just slowly wandered back in. Yeah, he wandered right back in. And he actually went and sat behind our barrel. So the barrel was between us and him. Um, Now, you know, I could have had a shot a few times of him bedded down at about 22, 23 yards at that point. But, uh, you know, again, this was day one. So if I'm going to release an arrow, I'm going to make sure that it's going to be, 
you know, the absolute most guaranteed shot I can take. Um, because this bear is comfortable at the bait site. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't kill him today, he might come in again. Um, but we are taking a big risk because there are other hunters in the area and Hey, this is our target bear. We have our chance. So let's take it if we got it. Yeah. And he just kept feeding. We just stayed calm. We filmed them for probably 40 minutes, something like that. And, you know, you said when he gives me the shot, it's going to be at the beaver pole. When he comes to the beaver pole, yeah. we're going to take a so crack we, at him. We had a beaver, a smaller beaver inside the bear bait or the bear barrel. And then we had a larger beaver hung up on the beaver pole. And so immediately he went for the easy one right inside of the barrel. And he got that out, ate it behind the barrel. And then I, I knew, like, it's a bear. He's not going to leave with the beaver hanging out. Not stopping here. There. Exactly, right? So we're like, let's give him time. Um, you know, he did stand up and give us a broadside shot at about 23 yards. But I just, I said, no, let's, I know he's going to come closer. Let's just wait. So it was, I think it was about 35 minutes, right around there. Yep. It was some time. It felt like absolutely forever. Um, and then sure enough, he uh, came in front of the barrels and he looked like he was about to walk away at one point. And then he turned around and he heard something, I think, on the highway is what we thought it was because we aren't too far from a highway. And um, and then he started walking directly towards us. So and he, he was he was almost like he locked eyes with us, but I yes. think he was just sort of heading that direction. Yeah, he was he was walking directly directly to us, and it was almost like he had looked right at us, seen us, and he was coming to check things out. You grabbed your gun. Yeah, I did. I reached down a little bit, but his ears sort of perked up, and I just you, you know I'm not freeze. I'm not gonna blow it here because you know he's still 18 yards from us and. He's not. He doesn't have the hair standing up on the back of his neck or anything. He's just checking things out. Yeah. And then he, you know, you could see his eyes and his nose started to pull him towards that beaver that was, you know, five feet from him to the right. And, uh, yeah, he just couldn't resist that beaver. No, that's what it was. And, um, yeah, so he, he took a few more steps, and I think he got to right around that 15, 14-yard range. And and then he started quartering away, and I was getting excited. I'm like, here we go. He is going to turn broadside. So he turned broadside, but then he had a tree right in front of me and him covering his vitals. And me with the camera. And you with the camera. There you go, right? Um, so we waited, and this, you know, it feels like an absolute eternity. But he did eventually take his three steps forward that I needed him to take. He was looking at that beaver, and then I stood up. And he locked eyes with me. He turned his head, looked at me right away, and I drew back. And we we're both staring at each other, and I let that arrow fly. And, uh, you know, it, everything just worked out absolutely perfect. The arrow passed directly right through his, right between his ribs. And uh, he went 30 yards, you know, inside 30 a yards. Bit. Yeah. Inside 30 yards for sure. Not far. He's not far from the barrels. He, he did a, a bit of a loop. But we saw him, you know, he ran 10, 15 yards and then started doing a big wobble. Yeah. And then we heard him crash in the bush and that was it. Yeah. So, and and you got that all on film too, that whole wobble where he had fell down and whatnot. So that's uh, that's pretty cool, guys. Just textbook. And you got to take those opportunities. Like, yes, it was the first day. And, you know, everyone hates killing something on the first day. But when you got an opportunity like that and it is... You know, just absolutely textbook. Um, you got to take it. And you know what? We keep saying time and time again here, too, in Alberta, you're allowed two bears. So there is an abundance of bears. And uh, this bear season is, you know, it, it is about controlling that bear population. 
Um, so, you know, taking two bears, you know, is definitely not frowned upon. I've had, uh, you know, fish and game officers tell me, you know, we need more guys taking down bears because uh, there is a lot of them. So, And this is a mature bear. Yeah. This is so not only... Not only, you know, for some guys, a once-in-a-lifetime color bear. Yeah. But he's also a, a mature level of color bear, where a lot of times, especially in areas that we hunt that we consider busy areas for yeah. hunting, a lot of times the color bears don't get to grow because guys will pop them as soon as they see them, no matter the size. Yeah, yeah. they'll It'll be a two-year-old bear, but it's a nice color, so the guys will shoot them, right? Where this one... Um, so we skinned it out right in the bush immediately. Um, and then we brought it into the shop here today. We got it all fleshed out. It's salted right now. And we measured that skull and it green scored 18 inches and 13 sixteenths. So it's, uh, three sixteenths off of 19 inches. So, you know, as soon as you get over that 18 inch mark, you've got a mature bear. And if you uh, got it close to 19 inches, um, that's a big bear. He, he's not a meathead. He doesn't have a whole bunch of meat. Um, but he's got, you know, a heavy and thick bone structure. He sure does. Yeah. We actually had another bear come into the shop today yeah. and it was significantly bigger, like looking. It had a pumpkin head on it. It had a real big pumpkin head on it and you could see a big butt crack crease coming down the forehead. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is a huge skull. But you know, once we got it skinned out and we put it on the table side by side, we realized, wow, these skulls in the bone structure really aren't that different. No, they were, so the big one was 19 inches pretty much right on the dot. And then, um, and, and it, it looked considerably larger just because it had so much meat and it was a meat head for sure. You know? Yeah, well, and a, and a really fierce muscle structure. Yes. Like, it's not just that it's got meat, it's like a structure of muscle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, they're all shaped differently and all grow differently and... Um, and yeah, you know, so just to get something over that 18 inches is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm pumped. Man, and a and bear like that too is unreal. I am so pumped to see that bear hit the ground. And, yeah, uh, and, and that's another thing. So Eric's been hunting this bear for three years. Yeah, three years. I I think the first year I got a, just a few photos, maybe a handful of photos of a color bear that was similar color to this, but it was just young. I had no intention of shooting it that year or the next year. And I just kept, you know, every year I sort of had a photo or two of early on of this color bear. And then the last three years, he's been a significant resident at that bait. Yeah. And wow. uh, I've pursued him for the last three years and really, really hard for the last two years. And he's eluded me. Yeah. I've seen what I consider every other bear in that section of bush, except for that color phase bear. I even see the one that I've got pictures, I've got a hundred photos of him. And a bear with a white chest together at the bait site. And, but not uh, when you're there. Every time I hunted, the bear with the white chest came in and the color bear didn't. Jesus. Hey, so, and that's, and that's you know, we're going to watch out for that bear, that black bear with the white chest yeah. this year. He's, He's going to be a, a pumpkin one. head too. Yeah. So, so we were just discussing here. So we've got those other two baits. This is our bait number one, we call it. Bait number two, guys, it's still, it's still dead. We check the cameras uh, or we get them texted to us uh, daily here. And still no bears have touched it. So we don't know what's going on there. Bait number three, um, well, it's it's ready to hunt. We got bears hitting it pretty much multiple times a day. And uh, now we're just sort of figuring out whose turn it is next to go and get in the stand and take down a bear. And uh, and then we'll probably check this bait back out um, in about four or five days. Give it a little bit of time. 
check it out in four or five days um, and yeah, see what the camera the, shows. The bait's still full, right? That bear didn't, he ate one little beaver out of it and uh, we got him down. So yeah. our, our big beaver was still hung and our barrels were still full. So And that bear was the dominant bear in the area. Oh, absolutely. We, yeah. we actually were looking through photos and found out that he was there. What was it, the morning? He was there, I think it was at 9 or 10 a.m., and um, you put a beaver there the night before, and, and I seen that, and I thought, man, if he's here at 9 or 10 a.m., he is going to be back oh, this evening. Yeah. And that's why it's important. I, I remember saying on the last podcast that it's important this to podcast. hang that beaver. <laughs> Earlier. Yes, this yeah. one. It's important to hang that or you know refill, top up your baits yeah. the day before. The day before. It really yeah. does help because if you got a target bear, that target bear, chances are, is going to be the king of the hill or the yeah. king of the bait. So he's going to be the first one. His sniffer's the first one in the air when there's new bait there. So you want to get him when he comes in first. Yeah. When he's all blind because there's all kinds of goodies, fresh goodies there, right? Yeah, and you know what? You put that bait out there um, the night before we hunted it, and that bear didn't find it and hit it till the following morning. Yep, that's right. So that's you want to put it out about 24 hours before because what some guys do is they'll just put fill up their bait the day they're going to sit it, but that bait is just freshly hung, right? So it doesn't give the bears a lot of time to, to it doesn't really get to sit and really smell like yeah, yeah exactly. So you want to get it out there ahead of time, and um, you know those beavers they really do produce an odor, and it travels when that wind starts swirling and well, blowing. Well, I'm even and starting else. to like the smell of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it means we're killing bears, right? That's right. <laughs> Right on, right on. Well, awesome, guys. We just wanted to give you a bit of an update. We had an action-packed, you know, evening yesterday. We uh, will have some photos up on Instagram and Facebook right away here. So check that out. Let us know your thoughts. And, uh, yeah, stay tuned because we got plenty more bear hunting to come here this season. Yeah, guys, and keep us updated. I know a lot of guys are getting out in the stand. I've seen a few bears hit the ground this week, last night. Uh, quite a few guys we know hit hit some bears. Yeah. Yeah, and, they're falling. Uh, they are. They're starting to come out of the woodwork now, so it's go time. It is go time. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, stay tuned for the next podcast.